Quick heads up, we use a couple of swear words here and there in the podcast. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on? My name's Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his. You're listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to helping you replace harmful patterns with new possibilities. In each episode, we'll explore topics that inspire confidence, direction, and resilience. In this episode, I interview Luke Dentler, who is uh, a food addict. He talks about his unhealthy relationship with food and how he's coping with it. He shares how there's another side to it. It's not just eating less and moving more. There's more emotional components to it. Are you ready? Let's go. In this episode, I have another introduction. Oh, no, I said introduction, but I meant interview because I'm terrible at introductions, so I let everyone else do their own introductions. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into it. I'm really excited for you to hear from this guy. Luke, please tell us who you are, what you do, why you're here. Hey, how you doing? My name is Luke. I, uh, I host a podcast uh, called The Luke Loses Podcast. I document my weight loss. Over the years, I've lost and gained over 400 pounds, and I just can't seem to keep it off. So I, uh, this time, I'm, I'm going at it a different way. You know, I'm working on my, uh, my head space instead of just eating less and moving more, and I figured I'd document it. Yeah, that's really awesome that you're going to document that because it sounds like it was a real, it's a real struggle. I mean, actually, 400 pounds is very surprising. And I imagine that uh, there are so many people who go through weight loss and they gain it back, they lose it, gain it back. I know I've definitely done that. But it's been like something like 10, 15 pounds. And even with that, it's kind of like, I don't want to share. I don't want to tell people about it. You know, so what, what is it about this? What is it about you that decided, well, I'm going to share this with everybody? So I've always had a, uh, I don't know what I want to call it. I've always had an issue with worrying about what other people think of me. And I don't like to let people down. And I, I decided if I if I were to share it on Instagram, if I were to do like a uh, audio journal, that's what the podcast started as, was a journal for myself so in six months when I'm struggling I can go back and listen to it but I figured if I put it out there and had the world hear it you know it's my accountability if I uh, if I tell you I'm losing weight and I'm lying about it you're gonna see it you're gonna know about it if I, if I run into my cousin on the street or something and he's like hey I heard you lost 100 pounds and I'm the same size he might feel like well it doesn't look like it I got you. Yeah. So then it kicks in. And it's like, well, I better make sure that I'm a man of my word and I'm going to show everybody exactly what I'm saying. I think I have done that too to start this podcast, actually, because I was dragging my feet on creating a trailer. And so I put a date out there and I've done that and I didn't tell anybody about it. I'm like, oh, well, nah, I couldn't get it out this day. But next day, and then. I, get, I had a group of friends that I told about this and I'm like, Hey, this is the date. I'm going to put it out no matter what I'm going to do it. And that was really helpful. It was really helpful to do that. And it seems like people are supporting you with this whole process. Yeah. I, um, I was just talking to my wife about it, The every like, every comment, every share, whatever, you know, every time I see a download on my, my platform or my hosting platform, I, I just, I think to myself, like, I started this for me, and the feedback I'm getting blows my mind. You know, a lot of people are like, you're telling my story, and I'm, I'm super real about it. Like, I don't, uh, I don't sugarcoat things. I, I talk about when I'm having a bad day. Uh, I interviewed my wife to get her take on what it's like being with somebody morbidly obese and how her struggles with dealing with me being so big, and it. I just, I put it out there for people and, and that's the main thing is I, I want to help people. I don't want them to go through a lot of the stuff that I did. I, I'd like to uh, cut through the crap as they say and make it so, I, I know with me anyways, 
I, uh, I do a lot of Googling. I do a lot on YouTube. I search and search and search. So I figured if I could do this and I'm just a regular guy doing the same thing everybody else is, I, it might be easier to help somebody along the way. And the feedback is, is amazing. Like I said, it just keeps me there. It keeps me accountable. I love it. That's really awesome. Yeah. And so whenever there's some kind of addiction, it points to some loneliness. So I struggled with loneliness a whole lot. That's why I started this podcast. And I was doing all kinds of stuff that just wasn't fulfilling me, wasn't wasn't getting that, uh, I didn't know how to fix it. And it was connection and community. And actually talking about why I felt so sad really helped me understand it and, and fix it. So instead of drinking my feelings now, I talk about my stuff. And it seems like that's what your podcast has been for a lot of people. Yeah. So talking about the addiction, I'm in a program. It's a, it's a 12 step program and it's designed for overeating any, any kind of food issues, you know, whether they're it's bulimia, binge eating, restricting your calories. And it's, it's amazing. I, I joined these rooms on video chat and I've been in rooms with like 300 people. And they all know what wow. I'm going through, and I and I, I am a food addict. I, I love I love binge eating. I'm obsessed with it. I from everything from like the the feeling of chewing, swallowing, sitting in my stomach. I, I'm obsessed with it all. I absolutely love it. And I'm I'm an emotional eater. I'm I'm everything. If if you were to ask me about you know what is your food disorder, I think there might be one or two that I'm not. So. Uh, uh, there's well, wait hold on just a second um this might be a great opportunity to educate my audience about this and educate me rather not not just my audience because you you say that well first of all i'm surprised that this 12-step program but i probably shouldn't be there's 12 steps for everything yeah, everything so uh overeating and bulimia i understand what those are and you talked about some emotional eating disorders and I'm a little confused because you said you're an emotional eater, binge eater, and there's other disorders. Like what? Yeah. So how well, are these categorized? They're not all considered disorders. Like uh, food addiction isn't really a thing. If you, if you ask somebody in like the, the medical field, but binge eating is, and binge eating is a part of food addiction. So binge eating is where you just overeat, you indulge, and, you know, you feel that miserable feeling. Everybody's done it probably once in their life. You know, they had mm -hmm. that extra slice of pizza that made them feel too full. Um, restricting, that's one thing I was doing before with my, the times I've lost weight before, I would restrict my calories. So I would eat bare minimum. And for me, restricting leads to binging. So when I you know, I cut all those calories out when I do slip up because I'm going to slip up. It's bad. And I, I binge and overeat. And then it goes from one day to two days to now I'm done exercising and trying to lose weight. I'm back to my old ways. Um, and then like grazing, I'm a grazer as well. It's a term in, in the overeaters community. I don't know if it's like a real disorder or anything, but, um, let's just say a bag of potato chips sitting on the table and I walk past it. I might grab a handful, eat them and walk away. And then I go back and they're still there. So I'll reach in again and eat some more. And next thing I know, I've you know had 1400 calories in potato chips. Gotcha. Wow. That's interesting. I, I had never thought about those things as categorized like that, but it definitely makes sense to me. And if you if you can name something, you can tame it. That's the yeah. the whole idea that I grab from that is like you know exactly what your behaviors are. You can monitor them and pay attention to them and know what's happening. And one thing I did notice in your in your explanation here is how casually you said, "When I do slip, and I'm gonna," and you just moved right along. And I I hung on to that because I thought, "Wow, no shame." no shame. You're not beating yourself up over that because that that's one thing that just, it gets in the way. Yeah. How did you, how did you get to this point where you just knew that it's a work in progress? And so over the years of trying to lose the weight, 
I've always looked at it where it was just I'm eating too much and I'm not moving enough, right? And that's, you know, the body will say if you eat less and you move more, you're going to lose weight. And I never had an issue losing the weight, and that's why I've lost 400 pounds. But it's it's the mindset and realizing that it's it's a lot more than just eating less. Like for me, I, I have an obsession with food. And going to the 12-step the program really opened my eyes. And, you know, the first couple of weeks, it was embarrassing. I didn't want to tell people, um, you know, I'm hooked on food, right? And when there's people out here hooked on heroin and meth and, you know, gambling, alcohol, and if food is does that to me, it was just uh, a lot of shame. But mm-hmm. realizing that there's so many people like me and knowing how I felt that shame, I, I, I try to normalize it because it's a struggle. Like, I mean, with any addiction, it, it just, it eats you up. And that's why I, I try to, to be as transparent as possible with people and, and let them know just to make, because we don't know who's going through what every, every person we pass. So I, I try to just put it out there and, and, if you, you find something that you can relate to, that's great. If not, maybe you'll have a little bit of knowledge that you could take to somebody that you might know that has that problem. Yeah, I like that mindset that you're talking about. It's definitely a freeing re- mindset. It doesn't sound so much like you are concerned about what people think about you when you make that statement. It's like, yeah, I'm not being anymore. I You know, I with my weight, I, I'm very. I was very concerned with people. I've always worried about what other people thought. I've mentioned that earlier. Like, if I have a, a stain on my shirt, now you're looking at me, and I'm not just a fat person, and I want to enjoy every moment that I have here on this earth, right? So, I, I've been going to therapy. I go to therapy with my wife. I go to therapy by myself. I do the the twelve step program. And that's a form of therapy on its own. And and with the podcast, getting the feedback from the people that say you're telling my story or, you know, thank you for sharing this. It means so much. It it just keeps me wanting to, to do better every day. And that's that's pretty much what my podcast has turned into. It's not it focuses on my weight loss, but it's how can I be better tomorrow? And Part of that was letting go of a lot of the unnecessary anxiety that I was I was carrying. And I mentioned to you before, there's an author. His name's Gary John Bishop. Uh, he's amazing. He's got multiple books out. And one of his books, my favorite, it's called Unfuck Yourself. And it's talking about, you know, just getting out of your own way. And one thing that I, I, I say this phrase like every day, but it's accept everything and expect nothing and and that's that's one thing that I try to do because three years ago if we went on vacation and I had a plan for the day we're gonna do this we're gonna do this and then we're gonna do this well if we did that third thing first my day's ruined because wow it's out of my plan and reading that book mm-hmm. It's kind of like just just go with the flow. Try to allow it to happen. And it was almost like an OCD kind of thing. I uh, even even paying bills, I would have three hundred dollar bills, one for this, one for this, one for that. And if my wife used the hundred dollars that was for gas for the car on groceries, now I have to redo all the finances. Even though it's it's the same thing. The same hundred. Yeah, for that and. That book has just helped me out so much and just kept me, you know, kind of grounded and realizing that one thing that I, I bring up is that I'm not alone. I'm not the only person like this. And I always, yeah. for years, I thought I was just weird or there was something wrong with me. But knowing mm-hmm. that there's other people that struggle with these same issues, it's, it's a lot easier to work on myself knowing I'm just not the bad seed you know yeah exactly it's like you don't have to really be ashamed 
of what you're experiencing because there are other people who have the same thing. This is not a unique thing to you. And it feels more comfortable being around. I mean, you can be yourself always because you're getting support from other people, getting support from other people that, that kind of encourage you because all you were doing initially was being yourself and reporting it to people, using them to kind of keep you accountable. And now it's more like, well, you are still being yourself and you're happy to provide something. It's always about this internal, looking internal and providing something that's going to benefit you. So it's not that uh, you're pressured into doing anything because I think that's where shame is. It's like, well, you're not doing this podcast out of shame or anything like that. You're doing it to combat it and you're showing exactly who you are and people are gravitating to you because of that. And that's one of my my core beliefs. I think that as soon as you show up authentically as you are, like experiences and all, like ups and downs, ins and outs, when people come and gravitate to you. Yeah. Real quick on that, like I wasn't honest with myself. I wasn't honest with other people. I, uh, I was a liar and a manipulator for a lot of my life. And I, I, I don't have an answer why things clicked the way they did. But I went to the doctor and, you know, they told me, this is what you're going to need to do when you have a heart attack. This is what you need to do when you have a stroke. They didn't say if, you know. And then I started looking at things deeper with myself. And I think that that 12-step program played a, a big role because it's not only food. It's my whole life. You know, what what have I done wrong? I say wrong with quotes because we're I mean, it's not wrong. It's just how I it was. It just is. And yeah. what can I do to be better? Like I, I was a couch dad. I say couch dad a lot. Like my kids would want me to come play and I'd be like, well, no, I'll watch, you know, or my wife wants me to go dancing and I, I don't want to go because I'm the fattest person in the room and she's gorgeous, you know, just different mm-hmm. things like that. And we, we talked about dishes before we started recording and I would clean the house good enough, and then (laughs) when my wife gets home from work on the weekend, it's cleaning day. You know, mom's home, so let's let's deep clean the house. And I I thought to myself, well, she does it so much better than me. And I I think that was like a form of manipulation, you know, trying to get out of doing the work. And I, I real I, I once I realized all these things, especially with therapy and then the twelve step program, it, it just kind of it's a wake up where I want to do better. I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good dad. I want to be a good person. And realizing that it was it was like a, a switch was flipped, and I could see all the things that I did that were negative in my life and negative negatively affecting other people around me yeah i really gravitated to the fact that you talked about being a liar and a manipulator because i feel like well that's i know that's exactly what i did i did the same thing Mm -hmm. as well and i think that it's within that inauthenticity that it happens for me i was so busy trying to make sure everybody was happy or satisfied in some way whatever i could do to provide that i gave them whatever i thought that they wanted and I would be whoever I thought that they wanted me to be, which was not real, which was not truthful and everything. So in that way, the, that you said that showed up for you within your family dynamics. So we're talking about doing the dishes or cleaning. So it's manipulation, just like not wanting to do dishes because like I wasn't quite clear on that. So over the years... I really like with therapy, this really stuck out for me. Growing up, my mom would want me to clean my bedroom and I would not, I would not clean it over and over and over again. And finally, mom would clean my room for me. And I realized that. So I knew I just don't have to clean it because mom will do it or different things like that. Like I would, I would use my mom because I'm the baby. And I figured out early that I could say the right thing and get what I wanted. (laughs) 
yeah. know, one one thing sticks out is a skateboard. I you know I've never I've never been good at skateboarding my whole life, but I wanted one. I wanted a skateboard so bad. And mom was like, Luke, that's a lot of money. I'm not I, I'm not comfortable paying for a skateboard for you. You're probably not going to use it. I'm like, but mom, I'm gonna. And I threw this big scene, and mom did. Mom ended up buying it, and she she put it on her credit card. So you know, I'm, I'm costing her money, and there it sat in my room. I, I hung it on the wall because it looked cool. So I, okay. So this is like the first time I've ever talked about it with anybody besides my therapist and my wife. But my dad, he was a great dude. He'd do anything for anybody. But he sat at the table. He drank his diet soda, and mom did everything. Mom would bring him his plate. Mm. Mom would take his plate back to to the sink, and you know, my dad worked his his fingers to the bone up until he couldn't work anymore. And I feel like dad thought that that was his himself contributing to the family. And I've always seen it like, you know, the, the man makes the money and the wife does everything else. And I feel like that tied into me. So I, I mentioned like the cleaning and that kind of, Brings me back to my childhood to where dad would sit at the table smoking cigarettes, watching his TV while mom's doing everything around the house. And I I remember telling my wife, well, like my dad did it like this. And she's like, well, I'm not your mother and you're not your dad. And and that's one of the that's one of the clicking moments is like, you know, to to be in our relationship, it's not a 50 50. We got to go 100 100 and and we're not we're not our parents so seeing that kind of stuff like the manipulation that was back then and the lying you know like i remember getting mad at my mom about something and saying well it's because you did this that's why i did that and i see those those things work and and that's where my manipulation started early on yeah well yeah i mean you were kind of conditioned where you didn't have to take responsibility for some things and you knew how you could get your way and why not do the thing that benefits you? Like if you don't have to clean, if somebody's going to do it for you, then heck yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. it it only makes sense to me. It only makes sense that as humans, we go for the path of least resistance. So you decided that, uh, that you weren't going to be that way. I like this idea of being 100, 100. So that means you show up, authentically all the time. So that's why you're able to talk about what's going on inside your thoughts and feelings. You know, I was in a, a room in Clubhouse and you and I, we met on Clubhouse. If anyone out there is familiar, it's an audio platform where we're talking. Well, I met you there and uh, I was in a room that was talking about how some men are not able to be vulnerable with their wives because their wives will take this information and throw it back at them, or they expect them to not have any feelings at all. Like, you can't be crying. You can't be weak in any way because I need you to be rock solid. Yeah, rock solid. It doesn't seem like that's the thing that works for you. Mm -mm. So that going back to to the way I was is that's what I always try to portray myself as, you know, like a big, big tough guy, you know, and, uh, not show emotion, but I'm, I'm a super emotional person. I, <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of my friends always say, you know, there's emotional loop. But, yeah, so being 100% open and putting everything out there, like when I decided to make all these changes with my life, my health, my, my, my living, I went to my wife and I thought, I, I, I brought it up to her where this is what I want for my life. This is what I want. My This is my end goal. And if you can't be a part of it, I totally understand. And I, I'm not going to force that on you. But my life's going to change dramatically. And if you are willing to work with me through it and stay with me, that's awesome. But if not, like I said, I get it. I get that this is a big change and a big difference. And, you know, thankfully, she's like, well, I want to be with you. So we, uh, we're working on everything together. But Going back to that 100% with each other, it's you can't just give 50% of yourself 
to anything, any your friends, your family, your loved ones, and when you become that 100% open and honest, things change. Like it, it's really cool. You can actually be yourself, be real, be you, and everybody around you sees that, and they're gonna try to do the same thing with you. It's great. Yeah, exactly. You know, I I really like this idea of being 100, 100. And I also, I'll touch on that in a moment, but I want to go back because I thought I heard you say, your friend say, there goes emotional Luke. Is, yeah. is that what they, is that, that's your, that's your nickname? Yeah, well, no, that's, that's what they call me. So like people know if, <laughs> if they like oh, a form of manipulation, I guess you can call it, but they know if they come to me with, with something, I'm, I'm there, I'm a shoulder, you know, to cry on. And Oh Yeah talking about we talked about video game addiction and that was that was part of me as well i uh i play a video game and i role played as a a biker in a motorcycle club and okay it's it's pretty amazing i'm not going to go into detail with it but i i played as a president in this motorcycle club and people would break the rules and they knew that if they came to loop i would you know maybe let it slip because they're like well you know this or that, and I get emotional. Ah. I, I feel you. I feel you. I get it. So we're not going to. You can empathize it. with people. Yeah, yeah, you can empathize with people pretty easily. So mm-hmm. people are like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take advantage of this." So this yeah. motorcycle game, uh, it made me think of what's that uh, TV show that was had Sons Jack's uh, Sons of Anarchy, something <laughs> like that. So that was yeah. that was you. <laughs> So yeah, we, we play the game, and it's we emulate real life bikers. So if I were to tell you stories, you'd think I was telling you, you know, something from, you know, one of these big real life motorcycle clubs. Wow, man, that's really interesting, though. Um, so I mean, I think that's a really unoriginal name, but I really like it. I like the fact that, well, I'm all about the emotions, and I think it's important to recognize them and to deal with them where however they come up like i think that uh we get toxic masculinity because people can't or because men can't handle this emotion with sadness it turns into Mm -hmm. anger and that's how things get broken and that's how feelings get hurt and that's how we have deep-seated issues and and that's how we have this control thing where we can't empathize we have to we have to make up for it by being extra strong and and something that's not genuine. So I wanted to touch on that because I thought it was really endearing trait because I, I see it in myself. <laughs> that's why <laughs> it's positive because I see it in myself. But it's a positive, it is an endearing trait. <laughs> so, so yeah, being authentic and you talked about how people have changed in your life, how things have changed because you are 100%. Like, like that anxiety you, talk, anxiety you talked about about uh, trying to fit in, about mm-hmm. trying to do things correctly, that has gone. So I have more energy to enjoy things. And so I'm attracting people who also enjoy things, who aren't as anxious and who are who have a different mindset, you know? So I think that's one, that's one way my world has changed. And I believe it's changed for you too as well. Just because of the audience that you're picking up, people are like, uh, this guy is authentic and I, I'm inspired to be more so and, and he wants to be happy and I want to make sure I hit those goals too because I can. So I imagine that's happening for you in your world as well. Oh, yeah. And on that, like even with my loved ones that, you know, like the toxic the toxic people in your life, it, it's really hard, but that brings you down as well. You know, and, and if somebody calls you just to complain or somebody calls you to, to gossip about somebody else it it's you may not realize it but it's going to bring you down it's going to affect you and i've had to do that as well where I, I remove people out of my life that are negative and that aren't you know on the same path of, of moving forward that i'm on and it's really hard but Surround, surrounding yourself with the positivity, and that's what I do with my weight loss, is my Instagram, my Facebook, my YouTube is just flooded with positive mental health and, you know, weight loss, everything. So I'm always around it. And that just, so mm-hmm. my mind can't 
wander to, you know, this or that. If I've got that positivity around me, it, it's easier to stay positive all the time. Yeah, definitely. And because there's always so much uh, fear and anger and anything else other than something that is uplifting, it's, it's always available. You just turn on the TV any, or just talk to someone who's having a bad day and it'll, it'll really bring you down. So then when you're in this process of seeing your life change, I wonder how did this affect you as far as your eating? I imagine that there's people in your life right now before the trends, before the big change, whatever it was that shifted you, there were people in your life, there are probably plentiful people in your life who have been like dismissive and complaining or draining. And then they may have triggered you to your addiction more. When you slowly got rid of those people, they have changed. I mean, your life has changed and you've seen yourself change. How have you seen that that change when those toxicish people left? So it's it's almost like a, a weight is lifted like not because that they're out of my life and and a lot of them aren't like completely gone it's kind of like this is what i want to do and you're you're negatively affecting my my process so i love you and we're still friends but i just i've got to remove you a little bit further yes set some boundaries doing that yeah Doing that, it, like I said, it's kind of like that weight has been lifted where I'm not dreading to talk to them. I'm not dreading to, you know, oh, I'm going to see them if I go here today. And with the food, you know, anything would set me off into a binge. But the emotional part of it, the emotional eating, you know, dealing, talking to somebody who just wants to, to be negative, it makes me like want to have comfort in food and I, I try to make myself happy and I know food will make me happy and once I remove them or the negativity it's a lot easier to to not fall back towards food yeah I mean you don't have to need like that anxiety whatever it is the trigger that what you said anything will trigger you to eat and then it's like well if you've got these people who are constantly triggering just unwilling unnoticeably it, probably something that you didn't notice mm-hmm. up until a point in time it was like oh man when i talk to you i just want to some people want to punch you in the face but i want to go get some ice cream and like this, this whole conversation has to stop because every time i see you it's not it's not healthy for you so you just put those boundaries up to make it feel a little more comfortable so um i'd imagine for the people that you put boundaries up for you just you had a slow process. Was it? How did you? How did you work that out with them? How did they take that? They're still in your life. So at, at first, I would just try to distance myself from them, and I would get people to contact me and be like, "Hey, what's going on? I haven't I haven't talked to you." Or, you know, I'll, I'm I'm trying to think of ways to lie, I guess, and say, "Oh, I've been busy," or "I've been this," or "I've done that." But I finally told them, like the same thing I told my wife, this is what I want for myself. You know, and again, I love you. You know, you're, you're, you mean this much to me. But I would say something like, there's nothing wrong with you as a person, but it is, for me, it does set me off and it, it puts me in a mood and I don't want to be in that mood anymore. And yeah, that's it. Mo- you know, most people, uh, took it well you know there's a couple people that got offended but for the most part it it was like people want me to be happy people want me to do good with my life so they're willing to do what it takes to help me reach those goals so some people wanted the the best for you and they stuck around and some people wanted the best for you and they move they kind of distance themselves that's what you're saying no like people took it like, well, I'm not that type of person. You're just being a jerk. They decided to, to remove themselves from, from my life. Okay, okay. And uh, that's just fine. <laughs> it doesn't sound like you're sad. <laughs> it doesn't sound like that at all. Uh-huh. Of course, man. I mean, I, yeah. I know what I want. I know I, I know what my end goal is. And I'm, I'm willing to do a lot to, uh, to be happy. 
So what is it that you see for your end goal? So I've got a list of things that I want to do. And mm -hmm. I would never do this years ago. I want to fit on a roller coaster. I don't know if I could fit on a roller coaster, but that's one of my big goals. Uh, I want to be a, a good dad. I want to, you know, be that dad that can do these things with my kids. Like, I've, I missed out on a lot. My kids were uh, Boy Scouts and stuff, and I missed out on camping trips because I was worried about what other people thought of me and didn't want to go because they'd see me, you know, being overweight or want to be on my phone or whatever the case may be. But my, my end goal is to just live. I, I want to have a life. I want to be able to, to do things that I want to do with the people that I want to do them with. So if it's hop in the car and go on a, a trip across the country, I can do that without mm -hmm. anxiety or depression or, you know, my, my obesity to slow me down and, you know, like bringing back the roller coasters, like when we would do things with the family, I was pretty much a purse holder. Like I would hold my wife's purse and she would go do things hmm. with the kids. And I don't want that. I want to I want to be in the action <laughs> with everything. And I just I want to be happy and love myself. That's that's a big one. I want to be able to say that I truly love who I am. I think that's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. I was waiting for something like that, the love yourself part of it. Because you're so open and honest, and I heard that you said that you were a liar too, and I appreciate that you just call it exactly as it is. It's no no twisting it and saying that, well, you know, sometimes I bet the truth or anything like that. It's like, no, you're really looking mm -hmm. at things objectively, and I think that has to be part of how successful you are with this on your journey. How long have you been on this journey? So I, I, October 4th of last year was the date that I was like, I need to make these changes. And I went to the doctor in September of last year, and that's when they were telling me all these things. And I had to go back to the doctor for a follow-up. She, she was like, I want you to get blood work. I want you to get a sleep test. I want you to get a stress test. And I didn't do any of that stuff. I was just, oh, mm -hmm. oh, well, you know. And I went back in, and I had gained like six pounds in a month. And I was like, man, at the rate I'm going, this isn't going to end well for me. So, yeah, she she mentioned the, the binge eating and the, the food addiction, and I looked it up. And, October, like I said, October 4th was the time where it was like, I need to make changes or – you know, my, my wife's going to bury a husband. My kids are going to bury a dad. My wife or my mom's going to bury a son. I, I need to be here for them. And I, I want to do it myself. Like, I don't want to be dead in 10 years. I don't want to be dead in 15 years. I want to I want to live a happy, healthy life. And right on. Let's do it. Right on, right on. So then cue the book, the Unfuck Yourself book. I'm thinking, all right, now that, you're, mm -hmm. how did that come in? Because your journey, I thought it was longer but it's quite recent you're a man of action well the the book i've actually known about for like three years and i on my last weight loss journey i i took it in and was listening to it and then i got the book to to have just something to spend my time because i didn't want to you know if i'm listening to the audiobook or the podcast or whatever because he, he's got a podcast as well um my mind might not be in it fully. So once I got the book, I got the book around, around around October and actually took the things in. It just, like I said, it, it's it's so hard to explain, but it's eye-opening. You know, once, once you let your guard down and you can actually look at yourself, it's easy to see the things that you want to work on. And when I, when I was reading that book, I just, the things that I've heard over and over, because I've listened to the audio book probably 10 times, and it was kind of like background noise, but once I actually sat down and went through it, I was able to uh, say, well, yeah, I do that. I do I do this, right? You know, I think like that. And, yeah, and he's got other books. You know, he's got one that's um, Stop Doing That Shit. It's a workbook <laughs> or you know, stopping the unhealthy habits. And I uh, uh, I did that 
back in probably December, and that was the first time I ever did that. And then I, I got, I've got all his books now. And you said um, earlier in the podcast, accept everything and expect nothing. And you said it's really been one of the things that that helped you and it changed you. The foundation, like, it's like one of those more important lessons that he's that you've uh, taken from his book. So how is that? How has that shown up in your, your last months of last few months? Have you been doing this for like six months? Yeah. So one thing that really sticks out. So when I when I lost the weight the first or like the, the last time when I lost a bunch of weight, my we went on a family vacation, and things were going wrong. I say wrong, but they weren't going the way that I wanted them to. And my wife, I had told her about that quote. And she pulled me aside and said, is this, is this really what you think that, that quote does for you? And it, it was kind of like I took a deep breath and I realized that I, I needed to loosen up a little bit because I was, I was pretty high strung. And this time around, since October, it's been that where I, I try to just let anything happen. I, I was very... I was a very pessimistic person most of my life. And that was because I, I didn't want, if good things happen, it's a good thing. If bad things happen, I'm mm-hmm. ready for yeah. it. And now with that, that quote, accepting everything, I, no matter what comes my way, there's nothing I can do about it to change it. You know what I mean? Like if, if something negative happens to me, I can't, I can't do anything that's, I can't fix anything that's already been done. I just have to move forward and fix right. it from there. So I've been doing that with, with everything. And then expecting nothing, I, before I was, this is how the day's got to go. This is what we're going to do. This is the plan. And when things didn't go that way, you know, the day's ruined, the week's ruined, the month could be ruined. And now it's just go with that flow and we'll do what we can. You know, thing, things happen. So let's just uh, yeah, enjoy it's it. Like, I enjoy, I enjoy the, the right now moments a lot more versus the end goal. So let's say if, if we wanted to go to the zoo, I would enjoy everything instead of just the zoo portion of it. You mean – the zoo portion of it, like getting to the zoo or planning to go to the zoo? I enjoy every every moment of it. It's it's not just, oh, here's an animal. <laughs> you know, it's the, the car ride. That's fun. The the packing of the lunches. That I, I try to find fun in it and enjoy it instead of it being mm-hmm. a, I have to do this. You know, my kids. Yeah. All my kids. But I, it, yeah. I, yeah, it makes it, makes it a lot easier to enjoy everything versus what you think you should be enjoying in the end. It, it all comes from you and your own beliefs and your own desires rather than I should do this. I have to do yeah. this. Like there's some external force on you where all this stuff is coming from inside. I want to make lunches and I'm going to make them look super awesome. Yeah. Whatever. I'm going to be about driving to the zoo because I get to spend time with my family closely and just finding those kind of things like, uh, anything about it except anything about it and not just the, the end goal. I know that I certainly live my life that way. Like you just described, like not really enjoying and taking in many things. Like these are events that have just happened and I, I'm not clocking how I feel about them. Whereas like now I'm on the lights on and I can feel like, oh, this is an experience. I like it. I don't like it. What about it? Can I learn from it? And there's always something to do when you're fully conscious. And that sounds like that's what it's done for you. Yeah, definitely. And by the way, your wife seems to be amazing. I think that there's a couple of things that she she did here that just kind of, I don't know, blew my mind. Like she were able to be open and honest with her about your feelings and discuss stuff. And she was like, hey, we're not your parents right there. And then, okay, I'm going to help you work it out. And then she actually does work it out. She has, she says, Hey, um, here's a quote. How is it feeling? How is it looking in your life? And, and it's, it's not like she's even there to, to shame you 
or to push you in a way that you don't want to go. She's just like reminding you, hey, you said you wanted to do this. And here's a little reminder. You might be getting off track, but I've got you. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Yeah. How long have you been married? Um, November 30th will be two years, but we've been together about seven. Yeah, she's she's my biggest fan, really. Uh, and she, once we both realize that it's, it's not just eat less and move more and it's actually, you know, I got to get my brain right before I can, you know, keep this weight off. Um, I remember Thanksgiving, we did Thanksgiving here, just us and the boys. And I would, re I would finish my plate and we were waiting for the kids to get done eating. And I would reach over and grab this or I'd reach over and grab that. And afterwards, my wife brought it up to me. She's like, I could see a look in your eyes. And you were, you were looking at everything on the table, like just, she said it was like I was almost in a trance looking at these things. And she was like, hey, let's go sit on the couch. And I knew she was just dragging me away from the table. But it, it worked, you know. Hmm. And uh, just little things like that. Like when my, my anxiety comes and I start to get a little bit of an attitude, she'll pull me aside and be like, I don't know what's going on, but we got to get it in check. We're... Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, you're in, you're in a sour mood. The kids can probably see it. I can see it. Take your time. I'm going to go back out there, and you come out when you're ready. Yeah, she's she's definitely one of my biggest supporters, and she she's pretty amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah, because we need that. That We need the people to rein us in. That's why we are so wired to have connections. There are things that people can see on us that we just don't. No, we're not conscious of you slip. You were unconsciously slipping into some behaviors that you've had before. Mm -hmm. And she was like, Hey, you wanted to change those. So I've got you. Yep. And we started the, the couples therapy and I recommend that to everybody and any kind of therapy. I, I'm before I was like, nah, I don't need that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, it's crazy. And I, I made a joke the other day about I didn't need therapy until the barber shops got closed down because of COVID. Because <laughs> I would tell my barber everything. But uh, her and I, we weren't in a good place last year. She has told me that she was just waiting for the kids to be old enough to file for divorce. And wow, I mean, that's, that's a motivator too. But I now... Going back to that 100%, our relationship's never been this good. Even like in that honeymoon phase in the beginning of our relationship. Like now we're, we're a team. I absolutely love every moment I get to spend with her. And it's therapy, you know, it's cliche. Therapy saved my marriage, you know. But seeing, seeing all the things that we needed to change. And she's working on a lot of stuff for herself as well. She, uh, she's a very stern mm -hmm. person. She doesn't show a lot of emotion. Oh, okay. So total opposite of me. And uh, we're both working on these things together. And I see a change in her that's amazing. And hopefully she can see the change in me that's the same. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to be there for each other. We're wired again to help each other and to be there with each other. Definitely um, pretty shocked about the, the divorce thing. I was really surprised. But you have i'm seeing you on the opposite side of it i don't even know you really but i'm seeing you on the other side of it hearing so many great things about your wife it sounds like you have started to really take it seriously and be serious about this uh therapy that's what i mean yeah because i know that therapy doesn't work for all couples and yeah sometimes it doesn't but you really want to make it work and it just shows and it shows that you can so yeah Wow, have you had any couples? Have you had any couples like talk to you about this since you interviewed your wife? Have anybody reached out to you said, "Hey, you know, we're having some issues. What do you recommend?" Or yeah, I've had a, a couple people, you know, just ask me questions. Not not as couples, but they say, "Oh, my wife or my husband." Uh, and I I've got a folder in my phone that's full of tips that my therapist has sent me. And I've done a lot of research on it, you know, like going back to the Google thing. I, I love looking stuff up. So I, mm -hmm. I just like, well, I've got this information I can send you. You can do with it what you want. But I recommend, you know, seeing a professional because I'm far from it. But right. 
yeah, just, just little things. Like, in the interview that I did with my wife, a lot of it was, like, what do you do if your spouse is, you know, a binge eater, a, a food addict? How do you take it? What do you, what do you say to them if they don't know that they're addicted to food and you feel like they may be? Like and it's kind of oh. like the it's like an alcoholic. How do you how do you approach an alcoholic and be like, hey, I think you have a problem, you know? So just figuring out the words to say and how to how to go about it. But yeah, I don't know about her. She's never said that she's had anybody reach out. But for me on the page, yeah, people people sent me a message and just how do I how do I say this or how do I say that? So, yeah. So what do you what do you tell them? Me, I would just. Tell them that I heard about this thing, and that's that's what I do with my my twelve step program. Anybody that I I, I don't try to I say it like uh, you know that I don't know the Avon lady always pushing her product. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to do that with the twelve step program. So I just uh, I give people links or you know articles that they can read and say check it out if. You know, it might it might speak to you. I did an episode on that where I, I read off from a organization. I can't really remember the name of it right now, but if you are one of these things that you may have uh, a food addiction. And like for me, every one that I read off, I was like, yep, yep, yep. So um, wow. I usually send people stuff like that just so they can get an idea of it. As well as documentaries, I, I see documentaries that talk about certain things. I'll send people that information. You know, I will never forget when someone told me that I had a drinking problem and it really sunk in. I really got it. I was so surprised. I was surprised. <laughs> I was surprised by it. And uh, and they didn't really even say you did. They just kind of casually mentioned it. And I picked up on it. And so you're saying this is the exact same thing. You're not... You're not saying like, well, you need to tell him X, Y, Z. You casually just bring it up. You're like, I heard about this thing. You might want to check it out or see it just relates to you. Yeah. People don't want to change unless they want to change. So I guess how I think of it is if I can have you think that it was your idea, you'd be more prone to do it. Yeah. You know, but if I were to tell you, this is what you need to do. I mean, it's just some guy telling me what I need to do. So if I can, if I can send you the stuff that might click something in your brain, then you might think, well, maybe I do have an issue with this. Yeah, and it feels more comforting. Of course, it's your own idea, but also more private to come to that realization. Like, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you don't have to to have this experience in front of another person, and you might feel more shame because here it is, yeah. and then you're gonna dig in. You're like, well, I'm. I'm not that, that doesn't apply to me and go into this denial and just kind of ruin the whole uh, healing process. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was watching your Instagram and I saw you make a bell pepper sandwich and you bit it. You ate it. I had one this morning too. <laughs> you ate it. <laughs> I was like, it was good. Really? Are they, they really tasty? What's on them? So I did the bell pepper. I did cheese, uh, chicken breast and I stuffed the pepper with cucumbers to make like a bun nice so instead of I'm just biting into the air but yeah and I, I've seen people use like mayonnaise or seasoning and stuff and I did I for, to, totally forgot to do any of that but this morning when I made when I put horseradish sauce on it and it was really good but it's uh the one I made yesterday was like a 260 calories so it wasn't too much and it's a snack and I was full after it so it beats eating bread because bread is one of my trigger foods that would make me want to eat more and more of it yeah carbs are so, carbs yeah. Are bread and bread and peanut butter oh peanut butter those are my top two. Oh man so <laughs> no no really not peanut butter and jelly just peanut butter sandwiches for you I mm. love it my wife's caught me eating it sleepwalking you know, she she came out of the kitchen. I was eating ham and peanut butter. <laughs> I don't have any memory of it, but yeah, I, I'll eat I'll eat a whole jar if you let mm. me. I still eat those things. Like I don't I don't restrict myself from anything, but I I say a lot. Like I'm trying to eat like a normal person would. 
So instead of eating a pizza and two calzones and a box of breadsticks, I'll have a piece of pizza and some breadsticks. So I, I don't I don't remove those things, but I try to make healthier choices. With yeah, because you've seen in the past that you didn't have success with restriction like that. I imagine if you just cut everything out, well, you're just going to want it more because you don't get you don't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I lost a hundred and thirty pounds once in six months, six months or so, and it was by cutting my calories back to almost nothing. And I was in the gym four hours a day, twice a day, so it was two hours each time, and I did mess up. Like, I messed up on my diet. It's not even a mess up. I just, I didn't go according to my diet. And it was nasty. Like, I was, I had a whole large pizza to myself, a bag of breadsticks, and I, I went to McDonald's afterwards, and it was, it was a mess. It was probably 10,000 calories. Hmm. So do you know what was it that, that kind of, that kind of made you trigger like that? Because you've said that you like to have things in a, a certain way, particular order, you're really uh, particular and meticulous about those things. And so if you're going to the gym and you have this strict regimen, and the, do you know what one thing just took you off the rails? Um, I, don't, I don't really remember that that time, but I recently, um, I binged, I think it was like 60 days ago. I, I ate 3,000 calories in one sitting on top of everything that I, else I ate that day. And I made pork chops. I marinated it. And I had, uh, I want to say rice and mashed potatoes as well. And my wife didn't finish her plate, so I ate some. And then my kids wouldn't, didn't finish their plate, and then I ate some. And I didn't put it away, and I made too much. And I just I kept going back for more. And by the end of it, like I, uh, I did an episode on it where I, you know, I was, I was crying, like begging myself to stop, and I couldn't. I just, I, I wanted it, and I was even drinking the marinade. It sounds horrible. It's disgusting, but it was, it was that bad. And for me, it was. I didn't put it away. I, I did. It was out. It was there. I should have put it in the containers, put it in the refrigerator, and then. It just make it more of a chore to come in, get it out, warm it up. But I, I, yeah, I left it out, and that was that. But anything will really trigger me, you know. Somebody cut me off in traffic, you know. Somebody like celebrating. That was a big one. Like that gives us reason to celebrate. Let's go eat, <laughs> you know. And uh, anything, like I, I, I love the binge. I love that getting too many too much food at the restaurant or undoing my pants, feeling disgusting. It's like a an accomplishment. <laughs> I mean, that's something that um, Americans can relate to, especially because Thanksgiving is a day dedicated to just eating. Like, oh, you're thankful for stuff, but mm-hmm. for the most part, you just want to eat. That's it. And uh, so, in my twelve step program, you know what they call Thanksgiving. No, tell us. Thursday. <laughs> Just another Thursday. I like that. That's nice. <laughs> so, so what was the the twelve step program that you went into? So it it's called Overeaters Anonymous. You can go to oa.org and you can find meetings in your area, or Zoom meetings or phone call meetings and. There's groups on Facebook that I, I joined, and that's how I found my, my sponsor is I was struggling, and I made a post saying, hey, I'm having a bad day, and tons of people reached out to me, and I was able to talk to him, and he's like, well, let's go to a meeting, and I went to my first meeting and changed everything. Wow. Can you share, do you remember any of those groups that you went into for Facebook? So, it was uh, Overeaters Support Group on Facebook is the, the big one, and that's completely dedicated to OA. It, it changed awesome. my life. And if you've got an issue with food, any issue, you know, like I said, the bulimia, anorexia, overeating, there's somebody there that you can relate to and that can help you through it. Fantastic. Thanks for sharing that. You know, if I also wanted to reach out to you on Instagram, I could do that too. 
So he said it's out. He's out there. He's out there. If you want to chat with him, he's available. Send him a text, and he will definitely be supportive of you. I mean, you've heard it. With your journey, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing and um, educating us about this. You know, help other people feel less alone and less shame about this, even if it's not something that they're dealing with. They can recognize it and recognize that it's real and not shame another person for it. You can hear another person's story. I mean, it's really hard to judge them because you can see, you can empathize with what they're doing and how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask before we get out of here, is there anything that you want to share with the audience about your journey? Anything that you'd recommend that they do? What if I had a friend who was suffering? I already mentioned that to you. and You said a couple of things, but do you have any words of wisdom for anyone out there? Well, as for like being a food addict or a binge eater, I, I always recommend counting your calories before you even change anything, just so you can see where you're at. It makes it, like seeing it makes it uh, more real to you. So like for me, I, I counted my calories and I was averaging about 7,000 calories a day before I changed, made any changes. And seeing that and knowing you know what my calorie intake should be at my height and weight, uh, it kind of kind of blows your mind seeing that you were eating that much or how easy it is to eat that much. So, yeah, I always recommend just count your calories and being honest with yourself. That's that's mm-hmm. a big one. Once I was able to be honest with myself and not, you know, try to lie about the situation or, you know, try to be portrayed as something I wasn't, mm-hmm. it was a lot easier to work on myself because I I knew what I needed to work on. Yeah, exactly. So measuring it out, essentially being able to see it in front of you, making sure you can actually see whatever the issue is, like name it, attain it. You can see what the calories are, are just very important to, to get out externally. So your podcast, so we, we talked about it just a little bit, but you know, where can I find your podcast? I didn't even think I asked you what the name of your podcast is. Can you tell us? Tell us about this. Yeah, so I uh, I say I'm a loser, right? So it's the Luke Loses podcast. And it started off as, you know, my journal. I'm writing, my because I hate writing. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll do audio. And I was just documenting my weight loss as I go along. And then once the people started contacting me saying, hey, you're, you're telling my story, I was like, well, man, I'll, I'll make it into a podcast and see what I can do with it, you know, help people, how, how to go about it. So it, it's evolved from being just about my, my weight loss to being better. I say that a lot as like, how can I be better tomorrow than I was today? And I try to bring people on and interview people that are, can add value to, you know, tips and tricks of, you know, losing weight mainly because that's that's what I'm trying to do. But it's so much more than that. I had a, a buddy of mine come on who has some resilience training. He's in the Army. And we talked about goal setting. And the goal setting, it's not – it's it's rote for the military how to, how to goal set within that with what you want to do. And I can use it for my weight loss. But – I can also use it for if I wanted to start a business or if I wanted to build a house, like I could implement this style of goal setting. Yeah, just that, just being being better, and, and that's part of it. So the, the weight loss, like I said, it's not the, like my show, it's, you know, loses, but it's, it's so much more than losing weight. It's on most of the platforms. You can find me on Instagram at the, the Luke Loses podcast, and on Facebook, I believe it's just Luke Loses. But and then I've got a uh, website, the www.luklosespodcast.com, and that'll have links to all my stuff. All right, and of course, all that stuff will be in the show notes for you as well. So, Luke, I want to thank you again for spending your time coming on the show, and um, you know, I would love to talk to you again some other time. I like to hear how your progress is going and how. You know, people have reached out to you, and I'm so curious about, you know, people's journeys, and I'm really glad to get a peek inside of your life. So thanks. Thanks for having me.
I, I really enjoyed it. All right. All right. I'll talk to you soon then. Take care. Luke continues to fight hard to break this pattern of behavior, and he's working and working and working at it. The important thing to note here is that we're always going to be working on ourselves in some way, some capacity. That's why we are around. That's why we're alive. It keeps us going, keeps us engaged and interested in our futures. So it's inspiration to do that. He's not doing it on autopilot. He is functioning from a mindset to actively Notice and change his behavior. Man, can't get any better than that. Thanks, Luke, for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed talking to you and learning more about Overeaters Anonymous and the steps that you took to get where you are. You are so open and honest, which is something that I really cherish and I hold true and and near and dear to me. So I hope to see you do well and I hope more people support you and you inspire those people as you move forward in your journey. My name's Lee Hopkins. My pronouns are he, him, his. And you have been listening to the Patterns of Possibility podcast. If you like what you're hearing, like, subscribe, and share. Follow me on Instagram at Patterns of Possibility. I go live Thursdays at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And you can find me at Patterns of Possibility on YouTube, LinkedIn, and other social medias. All right. Until next time. Take care.